Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we have a different kind of show, I guess, this week for you. We, uh, Full disclosure, we were maybe going to pass on a show this week and wait, but uh, something came up in the league. Uh, so, some guy you, you might know, like Corey Perry or something, might have been in the news a lot <laughs> lately in this last week. So um, we're going to talk about that, obviously, and uh, we'll start the show with that, a little different uh, order to what we normally do. And then we'll kind of go through, talk about the games. Unfortunately, the Ducks have uh, you know kept on losing, but we'll go through those games briefly. We'll talk about what's going on with the team, some injury updates, and a lot of your fan questions as well. And tons of league news on the show. There, there's tons of stuff going on in the league that we'll wrap up and, and you know finish up the show with and cover. So it'll be similar to most shows, but obviously we'll, we'll start off with the Corey thing first. But uh, before we dive into all of that, um, Eddie, how was your Thanksgiving and what are you drinking? Oh, we all know. I, I actually, I'm drinking pink Whitney, but I was contemplating on going and getting, um, or calling it, well, I called Uber Eats because I didn't feel like driving. I'm, I'm a little under the weather. I'm fighting a cold slash flu, whatever it is. So I feel like crap. So I thought about getting some whiskey just to soothe my throat because everyone says to drink whiskey, but I wasn't going to spend like $6 on a shooter. So I just stuck to my pink Whitney, $2 ones, Uber Eats them over here. Um, yeah, so I'm drinking my pink Whitney. Hopefully it helps my, my sickness go away. I'm playing hockey tonight, so it's either I'm going to sweat all this crap out or I'm just going to get worse. So, uh, pitch a finger, or cross your fingers that I get better. As far as Thanksgiving, Mike, um, I did something different this year. It's just one of those, I'm not a big holiday person, and then my first year without my dad, and the week I had last week, I was just with my normal job and my business, running about 13, 14, 15 hour days for three days straight. So once Thanksgiving came, I didn't do absolutely anything. I sat in bed, watched movies, slept. Um, that's all I did, and it felt amazing. Not to have any responsibility, not to check my phone, see if I have any orders, nothing. You just just have zero thing in my mind. The only positive thing uh, for Black Wednesday, if you guys don't know what that is, usually it's a Friendsgiving or you just people get absolutely toasted. I went out bar hopping with my with my best friend and brother. Uh, his name's John. He's he's my uh, my trainer too. So him and I went bar hopping. We met met up with some other friends. Uh, didn't get done with our little shenanigans until almost five six in the morning. So <laughs> that that was like the fun. That was a, probably one of the best things I could I could have done for myself just to let loose and hang out. But Thanksgiving was perfect. I did miss having ham though. So I, I for Christmas I think I'm gonna buy a ham and cook it and, and enjoy that for myself and my friends. How about you, Mike? What did you do? Yeah, pretty much in the same boat as you. Uh, you know, same thing. Been working a lot. I, I got a little bit of a scratch in my throat. So if Eddie and I, <laughs> I guess, sound uh, different on this show, you, you you know why we both uh, kind of you know feel, feeling it a little bit. It's that time of the year. Uh, just worked a lot, and then on Thanksgiving was just home. Same thing. You said we watched uh, movies. Uh, obviously, I watched football. Um, just hung out and like kind of kept it mellow because I, I, I was not a hundred percent. Uh, I, I feel better now, but I'm still not really a hundred percent. But I'm, I'm off for uh, the next couple of days, thankfully. And um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really too, too crazy or too exciting. Um, did go to the two games uh, on Wednesday and Friday at home, which I'll, I'll talk about those later in the show when we get to that um, and, and kind of what happened with those games and whatnot. But 
I made it out to those. I I uh, <clears throat> felt fine during the day. My thing has been more like at night. Usually when I go to bed, I, I feel a little bit of a scratchy throat. So um, it's I feel okay. It's just been kind of you know a little bit of a nagging um, cough here and there. So nothing nothing too exciting. I wish I had more excitement to share, but. Uh, there are some things I will talk about that happened in this last week uh, that kind of correlate with the games and whatnot. Um, did get the 30th anniversary jersey, so I'll talk about that too as well since it uh, finally went on sale uh, for everybody. And we'll break that all down. But um, yeah, just mellow, hanging out. Um, you know. And uh, as far as drinking, Eddie, I'm doing the usual Red Bull vodka. <laughs> oh, you can't go wrong with that. Um, did you have to work on that Friday or are you at off Friday? No, I was lucky. I, I was off uh, Thanksgiving and Friday, uh, so I, I was able to go to the Black Friday game, which, as you all know, didn't didn't go so well. Um, and we'll talk about that. But yeah, no, I was able to go and uh, watch the. Uh, I had some friends that I met up with too on Wednesday and Friday that went to some of the games, and that was good to see some people and hang out and whatnot. Probably the best part of those two games, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, I was yeah able to hang out and do that, and then just like I said, just kind of relax, Eddie. I just kind of kept it mellow, um, try not to get too crazy with the you know Black Friday, excuse me, the Black Friday sales and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this was the first time since 2012 where I actually had to work on Black Friday. Believe it or oh. not, it was. Because like I 2012 I went to the army, did all my service there, and usually we have our four days, so I wouldn't have to work on Black Friday. And luckily, when I had like responsibilities and duties where I had to work on the four days, I've never worked on Black Friday. I always either traded it off or did something. When I got back to civilian world, working just jobs here and there, kind of just like I I call them jobs. I always made it clear like, hey, I'm not holidays. I'm taking off, especially being in the military. I had to miss so many holidays, being away from my family and friends. So I always made that like. I always put that in stone that, hey, I'm not going to work holidays and things like that. So now I'm in a career, my first year, and then the two people, other, my coworkers, they took off. So I was the only one available. So I'm like, damn it. I mean, I wasn't planning to go, like, I'm not a big go to the mall and shop, but I wanted to, I wanted to go out Thanksgiving night to a few bars with my friends, like, after they hung out with their families and stuff like that. I wasn't in the mood to do family stuff, but I was a little bummed out that I had to work. But it was, it was great. They shortened the hours for me to work. So instead of me working... The 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., I was able just to work by 7 to 3, so it wasn't too bad, and work was just completely slow and dead, so it was a nice, easy shift. I'd be able to watch the Ducks game and uh, got pissed off, shut it off, chugged a beer after the game, but can't complain. So, yeah, it just sucks. Like I said, Mike, since 2012, I've never worked uh, a Black Friday game. I've never worked Black Friday until, until this year. Yeah, well, you didn't miss much in that game. <laughs> And again, I'll, I'll save that when we go into the games after after we talk about uh, the big topic, which uh, we'll, we'll we'll basically just dive into it now. The uh, uh, the uh, the big topic is love him or hate him. Your former Ducks legend Corey Perry uh, was all over the uh, the internet and social media the last week. I'm gonna kind of give a little like rough timeline of some stuff that gone on that has gone on, and then there's. Um, some recent stuff that just came up, it's still an ongoing story, which unfortunately it should not be, and I'll kind of talk about that a little bit later. But uh, just to kind of go back a little bit in November, uh, in the beginning of the month, they had a, a mom's weekend. As some of you know, 
the teams will have a dad's weekend or a mom's weekend. So uh, they had for Chicago a mom's weekend in Florida and November 8th. And there, there was some kind of rumor that something may have happened there. It kind of got spread and blown up a week or so after that. Um, and, and then by uh, November 25th, you had uh, these conflicting reports came out. You had the GM saying that there was a team decision that, that Perry was going to be away from the team. Then you had Perry's agent come out and say, no, he stepped away from the team to attend to some personal matters. Then on the 28th, he was put on waivers. Uh, unconditional uh, for purpose of termination. And then on the 29th, uh, he cleared those waivers and then uh, his contract was terminated. Um, and also the the team gave a press conference or the GM gave a press conference, which didn't really tell us a whole lot. <laughs> Just said that it did not involve uh, and, uh, players and players' families because there's this crazy wild rumor going around uh, about Bedard's mom and, and Perry, which... As, as soon as I heard it, I thought it was complete BS. I did see a couple posts on X, also known as Twitter, where I think those were the sources of it. Uh, one account uh, now went private, so you can't see what they posted. They allegedly posted some text messages, which I, I think is complete BS. And then another account claiming to be an insider posted stuff, and it just kind of went crazy from there. So the GM addressed that in the press conference, but never gave us any of the details. Um, and, and I'll stop there. Uh, there's a couple little other developments about it after that. But up to that point, like, what did you think, uh, Eddie, about just Chicago and how they handle it? Obviously, you and I don't don't <laughs> like that organization for a lot of reasons. But to me, uh, up until these other couple reports that we'll get to that have given some light to maybe the event, I, I thought that this was completely handled wrong by Chicago. And the internet ran wild with this for a few days, and they could have nipped this in the bud, and and they and they they kind of addressed obviously the Bedard thing, but they never told us the full story. So the internet just kept running with everything going on. Oh, absolutely! And you know, it's, you can't blame these people for creating rumors. It, it, it falls all back in Chicago and that shit shit uh, shit organization over there. They're talking about all full transparency moving forward with all the the stuff they've been through, and, and this is an example that they're not being transparent. I don't I don't give a shit about some players' feelings when you're an organization that that covered up something so despicable and disgusting, yet you 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 still withhold facts and the truth. Like you have a public obligation now not to hold anyone's feelings or not to unless it's being libelous or anything. There's no reason why not to come out and say. What's going on? And we'll get into more with what we uh, the new developments that that popped up. But this is all this this falls back in Chicago. You could have stopped this whole thing just being a hundred percent transparent, like you said you were. But no, you didn't. You just continue to be the shitbag organization that you are, and you let this just blow up and run wild. And and I feel bad. Yeah, it's funny. We all had laughs at it. Oh, some of these memes that are coming up. It's just like some of the people are creative on creating that. It's funny. I can get a laugh out of it, but I do feel bad for Bedard, 18 years old, having to deal with this kind of scrutiny, having his family uh, pretty much drugged through the mud over Chicago's handling of this. And, and you can't blame anyone. You can't blame the internet for what, what the internet's doing. The internet's going to be doing that for forever. I mean, it's, it's you can't just narrow it down and say, oh, well, they shouldn't have done this. No, Chicago should have been up front and said what was going on and not... And, Stop letting people speculate and believe because it just blew out of proportion. And and this isn't done yet. Like, just 
this is going to keep going on forever and ever. You're, I'm pretty sure you're going to have some idiot people bringing signs to the game about Bedard's mom and stuff like that. And that's just disgusting. But, I mean, it, it ultimately lands in the fault of the Chicago Blackhawks and the way they handled it. Or, the, or, or what they didn't handle. It's just so despicable, disgusting, and, and the league's probably not going to do any form of punishment because this is like PR 101. The way Chicago handled this situation is just... If, if any of you guys are communication majors or even took a basic public relations class, we, definitely they harp on kind of going out there before the fire spreads. No, Chicago just saw the fire, what was going on, closed the door, and who knows, went back to their video room doing inappropriate things. That shitbag organization. But this is all their fault, and I really feel bad for Bedard and his family that they had to go through this, and it's just something that shouldn't have happened. Like you said, Mike, Chicago should have came and been upfront from the very beginning, the transparency thing they keep talking about, but once again, they prove that they can't do something so simple. I understand if it was in something criminal, but and then their miscommunication on what the whole issue is going on. You have one side saying one thing, you have Perry's side saying another thing, and then you have a press conference that says a, a totally different thing. It's just like you're hiding some sort of truth, and I don't know if you're doing it for yourself as an organization, are uh, to protect investors or partners and we'll go over that a little later but it's just so stupid and, and dumb that this negativity thing by chicago because they didn't want to stop and say anything or, or be transparent it spreads beyond the whole world of hockey i have friends that don't even watch hockey they're asking me hey what's going on with the hockey league uh this guy banging this guy's mom blah blah, blah. it's like that's disgusting that's not kind of the publicity that this this league wants hockey's been on a downward spiral uh, for seasons now, the ratings and everything, and, and this is kind of proves the fact that why it is because teams like this, organizations like this, and the league, why not the league step in? Hey, Chicago, you need to say something, do something. Look at this 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 fire that's out of control. But nope, they just kept bringing, I guess, gas to the fire, and, and it's not going to stop. It's just going to keep going. So thank you for Chicago, for Chicago for kind of letting that happen. It's, it's no one but your fault. Yeah, and you made the point there that I also talked about just before is that you had this fire start and you had an opportunity to put the fire out. And what they basically did, and I'll read the statement that they gave uh, from the team and then uh, kind of mention a little bit more about the press conference. But what they basically did is they had a, a house fire and they took a fire extinguisher and, and basically started spraying the corner of the house. And that, that's what happened. It obviously didn't work. The fire kept going and the house kept burning. I mean, it still is burning, as like Eddie said, because at the time of us recording this, there's some other little updates that I'll mention too in a second, but it's still not where it is. So the thing is, is that they put out a statement, and I'll read it to you. They, they said, hey, after an internal investigation... Chicago Blackhawks determined that Corey Perry has engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and a violation of both the terms of his standard player's contract and the Blackhawks' internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work environments. As such, he was placed on unconditional waivers. Okay, that still doesn't tell us anything. So then they expand on that. They have the press conference and they say it didn't involve other players or their families. Which I was waiting for someone, some reporter in the audience to ask, okay, did it involve anybody with the Blackhawks organization, any employee? Because then uh, that's what came out. There was two reports, uh, at least the ones that I had seen, one from Emily Kaplan that said it involved employees from the team. And then you had Frank Cervelli saying that there was an event 
with team sponsors and employee and possibly alcohol related as well uh, around the time of the game against Nashville. So you have these things now. These little things are coming out piece by piece by piece. The house is still burning like we talked about. And as Eddie mentioned, which is a good point, if you're a communications major, a PR person, someone that works in this, you didn't get out in front of the story. You, all, all you said is, well, it didn't involve you know, other players or families. And then you left it at that. And then now the internet's going to do what the internet's going to do, like Eddie said. And I don't blame those people for putting out all the stuff. I mean, I, I don't like, obviously, the, the one specific rumor involving Bedard. I thought that was crappy. But the internet's going to do what it's going to do. And if it is, in fact, some kind of event that had team sponsors and there was alcohol and, and maybe there was a fight, uh, argument, what, whatever it is, because we, st- we still don't really know exactly what it is, um, that, you know, it, it, it's just, it's out there and it's going to keep going out there. And you had a chance, uh, you know, to, to try to uh, end this and at least say, hey, we had an event, um, there was some kind of disagreement with Perry and whoever, and we felt he acted rude uh, as a result of whatever. If he was talking trash, uh, if he got drunk, uh, kind of reminds me if we go back to to Mur- Bob Stool Murray, right, throwing the throwing the the chair up in the press box and that whole thing we talked about. Which I'm, I'm not bringing that up to dive back into the Ducks, but I'm just saying there's an incident, something like that. Like, I mean, you don't have to go a hundred percent into all the specifics, but you could have said, hey, we had a, a charity event, a team event. And uh, some of the things got out of hand and somebody said things they shouldn't have said or there was some kind of fight or, or what, whatever it was. You don't have to go into the specifics of the, of the actual incident, but you at least say, hey, this is what it is. This is where it occurred and this is what happened. And they didn't do any of that. And you, I mean, you'd think that especially with the history of all the stuff that's gone on with this organization, how poorly it's handled it. And all the other stuff, going back to, to Kane, which actually he's back in the news again, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. Um, this is just not the way to handle it because now you're trying to put out this this house fire, which you could have contained it and you didn't. And now this house fire is spreading to your neighbor's houses. That, that's the way I, I look at this situation. It's spreading out to other people's houses and there's all these other spinoff stories because uh, one of the first ones I heard before the Bedard thing was that it was alcohol related. That, that was one of the very first ones. But then people shut that down because they said, well, how come there's not the Player Assistance League and all that? And we've seen that in the NHL. We've seen players with alcohol and drug uh, abuse problems. And we've seen that route. But that didn't come up. So, I don't know. We'll find out more. But I, I, it's kind of leading to me in a situation where I'm thinking that, Maybe the, at this event, there was some kind of argument or fight or something like that. That's kind of what it sounds like to me, uh, at least at the time of this recording. Eddie. Again, I'm speculating, but unfortunately, I have to because <laughs> the Blackhawks PR didn't do the job like you talked about. Exactly. And and when you mentioned the, that, that, that quote that came out, there's corporate business partners there. I mean, obviously, if you piss one of those people off, you're, you're gone. Like, they're not going to keep a, a player... Um, and potentially lose a corporate or business partner or sponsor. That, that just that's that's in and, and done. But like I said, it should have been. It should have came out. It's, it's, you should have said something. Especially Chicago. Chicago is on really thin ice with every. I think they're the most hated team in the whole entire National Hockey League uh, for everything that's gone on and for the league that just gift gifts them, uh, gave them Bedard the first overall pick, the, the rigged uh, thing that it was. You don't believe it? Go back and read into it i don't believe in coincidences but 
we get back on topic now, but it's just dumb how, you know, this could have been done and over with. We wouldn't have talked about this, and but nope, now it's here. And I guess Frank Saravelli put out too that I guess I guess this whole Perry debacle is not over yet because there's a couple teams that might be interested in his services. Maybe it's not as bad as everyone thinks. Like you said, Mike, maybe it just got drunk and arguments spewed out. Maybe he got into an altercation, a fight. Um, and sometimes when players when players fight or they get into physical altercations, you don't always have to involve the cops and, and get a battery report. It can be handled in-house and not be spread out uh, into law enforcement, uh, especially if it has to do with some kind of business partners or sponsorship partners. They don't want their name uh, a public record uh, via law enforcement or anything like that. So things can, can kind of spiral out of control, but it's just kind of – it's just – it's just it's still dumb and it's still unfortunate and I do feel bad for you know those Chicago Blackhawk fans that that hated what their teams did and covered up but they're I mean obviously they're they're still the, their team and their fans but it's like they have to be ridiculed online too with with everyone else all the other teams hating them uh, but it's just it's kind of a screwed up and effed up situation uh, for everyone involved including Perry too it's just a rumor like that can damage him and his family. And, and cause a drift between that, even though it's just a rumor, but just how much it blown up and all family and other parties involved, how the team is taking it. It's just, but the way Chicago handled it, the, their GM, just too many conflicting statements of, at first it was a team's decision for him to take leave. And Perry, like he said, Perry comes out and then his agent say something different. And then all of a sudden the team had no knowledge of what's going on. It's just, there's too many just hidden factors there. So it just, I, I don't know if, if they're leaking just the alcohol abuse thing just to kind of save water, there's something more cynical or something worse going on. But then again, yeah, I'm speculating because we had nothing else to go off of. So that's that's something that needs to be worked on. And I really hope the league can step in and see what's going on and all the negativity it brought and the Blackhawks organization brought now again, once again, to the National Hockey League by not just being transparent and coming out and saying what the hell happened. So now we're just all on pins and needles and and it's not it's a wildfire. It's not going to be put out. It's just, You guys know how fires happen it takes fire uh, firefighters a long time to put fires out uh they're working diligently to do that but sometimes fires just spiral out of control especially wood fires and this is what we have right now and it's not going to go go away anytime soon and it's just going to stick to them and and no it's no one's fault uh, it's not perry's fault maybe he did have a drunken rage or whatever would happen it's the blackhawks fault on way they handled the situation because we've seen other teams come out right away and say what's going on we had the ducks come out they didn't try to hide it. They, they they said what was going on, and that was it. He had an issue with an employee. They took care of it. And Ducks did a really, really great job on handling the situation that they were given when they got put in that limelight. And they didn't let this spiral out of control. They took action real quick, did their investigation, and were completely transparent, and made the necessary changes to better the organization and to make the employee that was being feeling harassed more comfortable in a workplace environment. So I give credit to the Anaheim Ducks, their their public relations team, and their organization for for going out there and and handling that. And it's not not just Anaheim Ducks, but other organizations too. Um, the Boston Bruins just recently with Lucic had to deal with uh, he's dealing with domestic violence, alcohol issues. They came out right away and were honest to the public and sp- spoke about it out of respect for the family, not give out uh, more details than they should. But they pretty much gave the five five W's. And that was it. And everyone was just done after that. And they were transparent. And I mean, Chicago needs to take notes. Or, I mean, I, I still feel they should have some kind of penalty uh, for bringing more negative attention to the league once again. 
Yeah, I, I, you hit on some good points there, Eddie. It's it's negative attention to the league. It's negative attention to the organization. And the human aspect that you talked about, you're talking about two different players here. A Bedard who's, you know, going to, you know, a lot of people talk about the next, like, Gretzky-type player, right? And, you know, there, there's a lot of hype around him. And, and, and so far, rightfully so. And then you've got Perry, who... It's Ducks legend, been around for a long time. Yeah, he's been on, on a couple other uh, teams recently. Another well-known person. And now all this crap is affecting their home life instead of just coming out and just squashing it right away. And you made good points, too, about the Ducks handling uh, the Bob Murray thing and other teams handling things, the Lucic thing. Uh, even the Kings, when they had their issues, they came out and said, hey, this guy's domestic violence, bye. You know, I mean, they all, all, most of these teams have come out and, and at least addressed the stuff you know, a pretty quick manner. So th this was a PR nightmare for them that spun out of control and it's still spinning out of control. So um, we'll see what the final story uh, eventually ends up being. The other part of this is, uh, you know, what happens to Perry now? As you mentioned, Sarah Belli said there's some other teams interested in him. A lot of you listening are interested in the Ducks bringing Perry back. That's been a big question that I've got. As soon as this all started happening, I got blown up with. We had uh, SuperBajorn31 on Instagram ask, you know, is Perry going to come back um, to the Ducks? Uh, I, and this is the thing. I, I wish the whole story was out there so we could... You know, hopefully, if it's just Perry had too many drinks and was arguing, then fine. We just that's it. We move on. Not a big deal. Uh, so, you know, the, that question, and, and a lot of you asked uh, separately on the side, not just for the when we put out our questions, but you asked, hey, what about the Ducks bringing back Perry? Uh, you know, this whole situation. Uh, I, I would uh, first off, and I hope we find out. I'd like to know exactly what happened. Um, as far as bringing him back, I, I don't know. I. I, I I would. I want to say yes, but I also want more facts, and I don't have those facts yet. Um, so I kind of have mixed feelings. Yeah, I, I liked Perry. I, I, you know, I thought he did great with the Ducks. Obviously, he had a little bit of a scoring slump um, towards towards the end uh, of his tenure with the Ducks, and ended up the Ducks. You know, decided to part ways. Um, obviously, he and, and Getzloff were great, and they had a good time together. Um, you know, the Ducks. Uh, and, and we'll go into this next segment, but the Ducks are having having problems scoring goals uh, right now, and it's not not been working out too much. So, will he come back to the team? I think with Verbeek here, I, I think it's a no. I don't think he will come back to the team. Now, do I want him to? That I would lean more towards yes. If this incident isn't as big as what ever it ends up being i mean and unfortunately I, I, we don't know but that's kind of where i'm at i don't know what do you think what do you think eddie would you bring perry back do you think the ducks would want to bring him back right now um no hell no with, with all the the negative attention of outside of hockey what it's bringing i wouldn't want that 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 little bit of oil, that little bit of drop of oil um, dropping on over here in the pond the water in the pond here we go um to contaminate it like we don't need that outside drama um strictly if he never got into any any incident and perry was still playing for the blackhawks and there's no, no incidents going on i would still say no well what's the point of bringing perry back uh we're still a rebuilding team bringing a, a player in that can be used for playoffs which a lot of teams want to bring him in for like a bottom six role and to kind of mentor the younger guys for and, and be that playoff person that you want in playoffs. Well, why bring him back? Just so we can have a feel-good moment and have 
kind of like reminisce on, on, on what he was and what he brought to the organization. Yeah, respected and thank you for everything he's done, but it's time to move on. Let's move forward and let's build this team and give other younger players an opportunity, a chance to get some more ice time and play time in there and not bring a, a pretty much uh, an aging veteran already that's just playing his last few seasons until he decides to retire. Um, it's no knock to him. He's still a, a great player and he still serves a purpose on teams that are contending for a cup. Chicago brought him in. And I think Chicago is not poised to make the playoffs at all. And they brought him in, the contract they did, to kind of mentor the guys around him. And then they can flip him at the, at the deadline. He's going to have some, some value and they can get some sort of return for him because teams want his kind of style in the playoffs. But for the Ducks, what's the point? I, I don't see a point in bringing him back. No, if he's in a retired Duck, then he can sign a, a one-day contract like most players do. And retire a duck that way. But what's the point to see him skate one one last game? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And, um, this team doesn't need him. Uh, this team needs to figure out. And no, they need to keep building the identity they're trying to, to establish right now. And Perry's not part of that identity. They need to keep going with the McTavishes, with the Minties, with the Carlsons. And just keep going, uh, moving forward to that. And not kind of bringing players from the past. It's just, it's not going to work that way. Like, what next? You want to bring John Klingberg back? Or I know it's kind of a stretch, but that's just my, my take on it. The Ducks need to keep moving forward and not take any step backwards. And you make good points. I mean, yeah, I, I think if the Ducks were more in a playoff position and we thought, hey, they could win the division and they could make a push and you wanted to bring him in to kind of make that push for the end of the season, yeah, maybe that could work out and do that. But but you're right. This team, and, and, and this will kind of transition into the next segment here, it, it, it kind of goes with what's going on with this, this Ducks team right now. They they don't – it's just it's frustrating. They they were the comeback kids in the beginning of the season, and now they've kind of lost their way, um, and, and it's just not worked out. That's why, you know, I, I agree with you. I don't know that Perry would necessarily help this team. I think a lot of people – are emotional about Scory Perry and they want him back, you know, in that sense. And I, and I get it, but with what's going on with this team, I don't think Verbeek wants the negative attention like you talked about as well, Eddie, but uh, we'll, we'll obviously monitor the Perry situation. Hopefully find out exactly what happened and, and, and where he may end, end up, but I highly doubt it will be the ducks and the ducks. Uh, it's just been rough. They're on this seven game losing streak. We, we talked about, you know some of the games uh, on the last show, and they started losing, and it's it's continued. Unfortunately, they they've lost to uh, uh, St. Louis uh, was the last game uh, before we recorded uh, that they lost to. Then they lost to to Montreal on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. They lost to the Kings on Black Friday. Uh, then they lost to Edmonton ugly fashion, and they lost to Vancouver. Um, man, it's just been rough. And and, and the big thing. Kind of going, you know, we won't really break down each game, but we'll kind of just talk about, like, overall what's going on, or at least what I've noticed. I went to a couple of them in person, too. But the biggest things that I see with this team, uh, and, I, and I mentioned the scoring uh, earlier. I mean, the Ducks right now, uh, 2.68 goals per game, which is 28th in the league, and they're giving up 3.46, which is 23rd. Obviously, not good numbers. But... It's it's getting behind, uh, and early on in the, in these games, the Ducks have played twenty two games. They've scored first, you know, eight times. That's it. Like we said, they beat Nashville, came back and won. Every game after that, they've been trailing uh, to start the third period, except for this last game against Vancouver, which they were tied. They did give up an early goal in the third there and ended up losing. But 
they're getting behind in the in the beginning of the games. They're not scoring right away, and then they're behind to start the third, oftentimes by multiple goals, and it's and it's not working out. Um, I did think that there were chances for Ducks to break the the losing streak. I think in the game against St. Louis, uh, it looked like Vakanainen scored first, but they they challenged it and it was offsides. And poor Vakanainen's had a couple of chances at his first goal. And, and right, he's had a couple of chances and it hasn't worked out. And then the, the Blues then scored a couple goals, and then they just kind of took over that game, and the Ducks couldn't recover in that one. So, but I, I thought the Ducks started out strong in that St. Louis game. I thought they could have broken it, and then. The game against Montreal, uh, the Ducks started out poorly. They got down two goals right away. But then they were able to rally in that game like we had seen. And and it looked like the Ducks were going to go to overtime. It was 3-3. Three to three. Uh, You know, uh, McTavish has been still scoring his goals. But we've seen Vitrano scoring his goals. You know, I, I thought, okay, they're at least going to go to overtime in this game and maybe pull this one out. Then, of course, no. They give up a late goal and they lose that game uh, four to three. So I, I thought there was moments in, in the St. Louis and Montreal game where they could have come back and, and you know, or at least started well in St. Louis and, and could have won in that game, but they didn't. And and then, and I'll hold off on the next two, but they did not play well against LA and Edmonton, unfortunately. And I had to witness the LA one in person. But that's kind of my take on what I've seen lately, Eddie. It, it just seems like the, the first period... And the, and the uh, you know build up to the third being behind uh, is is super problematic for the Ducks right now. They cannot get the lead, and they're almost always behind by multiple goals to start the third. Yeah, you know, like I said it too. I think too many people put false hopes into a false reality. Like the reality of it is in hockey, especially you can't be the dead last team and all of a sudden do a one eighty and become a Stanley Cup contender. And I think. A lot of fans got a false hope by these Ducks stealing the games they did or coming back for the the games they had. Like I said before, I think a lot of these teams came into Anaheim complacent like they did way back years when Anaheim or the Mighty Ducks first started playing. Teams just didn't take it seriously. Um, people thought, our teams thought they were going to come to Anaheim and it's going to be an easy breeze and they're going to just breeze right through them. It, it, the, other teams quickly got to the fact that, okay, the Ducks are a faster, younger team. We need to change our strategy against them. And these teams are exploiting the Ducks' biggest weaknesses, their defense. They don't have defense, lack of say. Like They don't have – I want to say the Ducks do not have a top-pairing defenseman at all. Like No disrespect to the defenseman they do have. Cam Fowler is a great uh, top four, but he's not a top-pairing defenseman. They don't have that. Uh, it's just it's, – it's the reality. It's what they call it, growing pain still. We're still in a rebuild. This team is – I keep saying this team's going to finish bottom five. There's no doubt in my mind this team's going to finish that. Yeah, I had the glimmer of hope too as a fan. Like, hey, maybe this team might do something. But it's just it's unrealistic. There's no way a team can do that, especially when you see the rosters out there in the Pacific and then going past the Pacific Division, what other teams really establish themselves. You, you can't compete with that, not what the Ducks have right now. So I'm not trying to be too negative because I know this team's going to be dangerous. They're going to be the Bruins. They're going to be the, the Avalanches. They're going to be the Vegas Golden Knights. Even the Kings. The Kings have a dangerous team. The Ducks are going to be that elite category, and they're going to be in the playoffs and Stanley Cup contenders for years to come. This year is not that year. And I apologize if I sound negative, but I'm just stating the facts here. It's, it's, it's the facts of life. You can't just... You know, for example, you can't expect the Sharks to just go on a super stupid run and end up winning the Stanley Cup. If horrible as they're playing, they have zero defense, their lack of scoring, 
Like everything's going wrong in San Jose, and watch them get the first overall pick. And the Ducks don't. If Ducks are <laughs> that low, but we just have to come to terms. Of reality: this is a rebuilding team. Go to games, have fun. Uh, don't just bash the team and be pouty about it because you're pissed off at life because you the Ducks aren't a Stanley Cup contending team that you think they are. Just go and live with it. Enjoy the games. Watch each individual player grow into the player they're going to become. Let's uh, let's root for players to get out of the, the slumps they're in. And just go from there. Enjoy your $18 beer, which I'll bitch on every show about after the games, which I'm still main, still going to make my season debut. I'm going to the games on Saturday, so I'll be bitching next show about that. And one thing about that St. Louis thing with and I think it was his second goal that was overturned that should have been his. It reminds me of Derek Grant. I think Grant had two or three goals, two or three first goals he should have scored that got overturned, including one in Anaheim. When he finally scored, uh, until he finally scored his first career goal in Anaheim, because I know he had some shit luck in Buffalo with that happening, so it kind of reminds me of a of Derek Grant a little bit. But yeah, we just we just had a. You know what really hurt me? Like it hurt me losing to the Edmonton Oilers, not because of the score, because they're doing so poorly, and they've been so just off. I thought the Ducks were gonna just smash on them, but it was the other way around. So my bad for having positive thoughts about beating Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, that that Edmonton game, you know, they actually <laughs> they started out decent. You had Jones scoring first, you know, one of the rare times the Ducks score first in a game. Yeah, Edmonton came back and and tied, and then Jones scored again. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. Like, well, there's a good chance Jones could get a hat trick. This might be, uh, you know, a, a, a racetrack type game, which it ended up being that for the Oilers, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, the Ducks defense got exposed. Big time in this game. And, I mean, it's what you talked about, Eddie. The Ducks' top pairing, they don't really have, have one. I mean, yes, you brought in Gudis. He's been great. But, uh, like, Fowler and Lacombe, they're not working out lately. Like, they need to be split up. They 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 got blown up in this game. Uh, they did not look good. Dostal got hung out to dry. There were so many two-on-ones and, like, odd man rushes and breakaways. Like... I, I just was like shaking my head in this game. And and <laughs> like you said, it's like the Oilers are not doing well. So, you know, kind of had a hope that we could win. They didn't. Um, they did have a goal that was taken away in this game, which I laughed about because everybody started talking about comeback on Catella. And, and you know, there was all that kind of stuff. Just like when we had the goal taken away against Florida, which, you know, actually affected the outcome of the game. This one, it did not affect it. Thank God, because we, would, we wouldn't, you know, We'd still be hearing about it from the Oilers fans in twenty like forty, um, but the Ducks, you know, they they ended up losing this game. They got exposed, and and you know it didn't work out. And then the other one too, the one before it against the Kings was the same way. Uh, the other issue with this team is penalties. They are the most penalized team in the league. They got in penalty trouble against the Kings early. The Kings got a couple goals. Then the Kings got a couple more couple goals in the beginning of that second period, and it was all downhill in that game as well. And I hate the Kings, but. I mean, they are playing good hockey. I mean, I'm sorry. I got I got to state facts, you know. I mean, it is what it is. They are playing decent hockey. At the time the Ducks played them, they'd only lost 3 times in regulation. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. But that's the other issue on top of it is is the penalties. And and yes, the refs have royally screwed us in some of these games here and there, but still, you got to play disciplined hockey. You got to stay out of the box. They're not doing that. The uh, team defense has had some issues. Which granted, now there, now there's some injuries, 
You've got um, Gudis that got hurt in that Oilers game at the end of the second period. He, he fell along the boards. He did not play in the game, the last one um, that we just saw against Vancouver. Then you had Labushkin get hurt in the game against Vancouver early in that one. So, so you got two other guys that got hurt. The Ducks played that Vancouver game, you know, with five defensemen basically for for since the end of the first period, and they actually played well in that game. That one, I thought the Ducks were sure were going to win. They they were shooting the lights out against Vancouver in the first forty minutes. Gave up an early goal in the third, and then they just tanked in the third, and they ended up losing. But you know, I thought I thought that their response was really good after getting just destroyed by Edmonton. They played a much better uh, game in Vancouver. But the other issue too in this is. Uh, there's no balanced scoring. So, and I mean that in a couple different ways. One is almost uh, the majority of the Ducks' goals are scored in the third period. They score uh, as many goals in the third as they do for the first and second periods combined. So that's a problem. They're, they're not scoring throughout all the periods of the game. The other part is there's no balanced scoring in the lineup. You have Vetrano with 13 goals, McTavish with 10, and Carlson with 6 who hasn't even played, you know, a third of these games. So after that, the drop-off's huge. You then have Terry, who has five goals. But the last time Terry scored was a hat-trick on November 1st. So where's Troy Terry? I mean, he's been MIA. You know, I, I don't know if it's it's the wedding-slash-baby curse. I, I You know, I don't know. But since November 1st, he's he's been a non-factor, non-existent. And that's unfortunate. And that also goes to, you know, probably the fact that Zegers has been out for a while. So there's a lot of those issues that I see, Eddie, that the Ducks are having problems with. And and the only way to really address it is you got to do changes in the lineup. You got to move people around, try and work some stuff out. I mean, Kalorn finally got a goal, which is great, but he didn't, he didn't have one in like nine games. Um, You know, there's just, there's no one else scoring on this team. You only have three guys that are scoring and one of them, you're not even playing full time. I I mean, that's just, it's not going to get it done. Uh, you know, that's the way I look at it. They've got to change the, the, the pairings on defense. They've got to change up the offense um, and try and try and shake some things up because what they're doing right now isn't working. They're on a seven-game losing streak. They, they've shown moments where they could have, you know, done some things and, and, and been okay. Like I said, I, I thought maybe they could have won St. Louis, Montreal, depending on the way things gone, or at least gone to overtime in Montreal. And even, even Vancouver, I thought they had a good chance. But... Uh, that's just the biggest thing to me. I think that the chemistry is killing this team uh, and the undisciplined play. I, I don't know what else you think that the Ducks could do to improve, Eddie, but like you said, they're not a playoff team or a contending team, but you know they were fun to watch and they were the comeback kids. They're not the comeback kids anymore. It seems like they're not able to overcome adversity where they had been able to do so earlier in the season. Yeah, they just lost that, that, that steam, that gas they had. I just They were... They were on a high note. You were saying, but you know what? The Ducks always start off really strong. As far as like even though even last season, I believe they started off strong, and they usually die down by December, uh, December, January, November, December, January. So it's about that time they're they're dying down. It's just this team's learning how to form an identity and be that team they are. You're having players that are I think what they're the second or third youngest team in the league. I, I want to say. Uh, they're still they're still growing, learning how to go, uh, learning the game. You have Kalorn, it's first time in eleven seasons playing with a brand new team, brand new system. So he's he's it's gonna take him a while to start getting going. You know you can't expect him to just start producing as much. I mean I wanted him to produce a lot more. I think Gudis has been a great addition, fits in really well with the Ducks. Uh, shot up to one of the fan favorites, 
But we just gotta stick it through. I mean, there's nothing more we can do. We can just what we can just stop being fans. Like, no, that's not what we do. We're not we're not LA fans where you just disappear until you win two cups and then all of a sudden when their team's good, they're all back. But I guarantee once LA starts going through what the Ducks are going through right now, all their fans are donezo. They're gone. So, I mean, there's nothing more. I think you hit everything uh, on um, on point, Mike. The Vancouver game wasn't a bad loss. It's one of those those losses where you can say they played they played really well until the third. And they went against a, a really good goalie, Demko. And I like the fact that um, Vancouver put their their top goalie, Demko, against the Ducks. So that was, you know, before you'd have all the, the backup goalies, the third-stream goalie playing against the Ducks. But they put their number one, uh, possibly a, a, um, a Vesna candidate goalie against the Ducks. And they almost, uh, I think if it wasn't him playing, the Ducks would have had this game. But he was a big game-changer and a factor. And then the, the Ducks just kind of ran out of gas. But... Uh, changes have to be made. Maybe bring some uh, more motivated people up from the goals. Switch things around. Get past these injuries. Maybe a trade. Maybe like a small little trade to spark the team or something like that. Uh, get some more help on defense. I can't believe nothing was really changed on defense against the Edmonton game. I was just like, I don't know what was going on. It's, that was terrible. There was no defense. I want to say there was none back there. Like, wow. It was just crazy. But I was like thinking in my mind, why not just send Gibson out there, throw him in defenseman, skater stuff, and let him play defense like no one else is doing it. But just got to wait and see, hopefully, uh, the next few games. Hopefully, Saturday's game will be good. I really want them to win Saturday. I'll be there. So thank you, Mike, for giving me those tickets, too. I really appreciate that. And then uh, hopefully they win that game in December, too, Mike, the one we're both going to be going to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I like you said too. Some uh, changes need to be made too. I, I, we had some fan questions about this too. Is um, we had Ducks fan on Instagram is like, uh, when is Zellweger coming to Anaheim? Well, I, I mean that that could be a move that the Ducks could do to try and spark this and get this going. I mean, you have Gudis lower body injury. They said day to day. They doesn't think it's long term. La, Labushkin upper body injury. Kind of don't really know what's going on with that. We talked about how the pairings don't seem to be working out. I mean, maybe you bring him up and get him in the mix um, to try and change things up uh, on there because it, it's just not working out. I think the other part of it is the Ducks do miss Zegers and Drysdale, uh, and they're out. Um, we talked about on the last show, it sounds like it's probably a groin injury or a hernia injury for each of them or one or the other for them because that's, that's kind of what it sounded like from the report from head coach uh, Cronin. There's some rumors that Z might be back like towards the end of December. I, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen anything official on that. I, it sounds like probably 2024, maybe, <laughs> uh, for those guys. I mean, you know, you know I don't know. I, it, that's that's part of this that, that does hurt, too, is you're missing those two guys. They're at the games. People are taking photos of them up in the press box. I crack up at that, those of you that are out there doing that. Um, but, I, I mean, I think missing them, I think that's part of the problem for Terry. I, I think... Of all the players that that um, are affected the most by those guys out, I think it's Terry. I think Terry really misses Zegers because I think in the beginning of the season when you had Carlson, Terry, and Zegers, I think that they're really clicking Eddie, and you know they've got to try and figure out how to get Terry back on track, regardless when Zegers is going to you know be back. Yeah, uh, uh, chemistry is everything, Mike. Uh, chemistry in, in sports, hockey, everything. And even talking podcasts, like we have to have a certain chemistry amongst ourselves to talk and kind of go back and forth instead of just not really knowing. I know the first few times we started recording, it was just kind of, we didn't really know how to record with each other. We were just kind of learning that from each other, but we got the chemistry going and now it's it's always fun. And 
especially the, the chemistry when we go to the games, it's even a lot more fun. But yeah, it's I feel bad for Terry. It's he's slumping and people are really coming down hard on him. But every professional athlete goes through that. Hopefully he'll find his game. He'll get that monkey off his back. Start getting on the score sheet. We desperately need him. He has the skill to do it. Um, really, really hope Zegers comes back. Drysdale is just unfortunate about him. It's, he held out. He's been hurt. Like, I don't know how you hold out on a contract when you're hurt most of the season, too. That's kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But I guess good part on his agent for getting him the money he got after coming back from being hurt all season. But, yeah, these guys need to come back. They need to start producing. They need to start um, kind of keep molding themselves to be the players that they're supposed to be. Like, we're going to need them to make this team competitive soon. So I just... Hopefully their injuries aren't too nagging, not too long-term. I hope you know, they don't prematurely bring them back into the lineup and they start dropping some games just to get a, a, a spark or fire. But like I said, Mike, I'm thinking a minor trade here. Bring some someone new into the uh, into the defensive core at that. This defense needs help. and Bring some someone in just to kind of change the momentum and swing of things. I think that would be uh, some due justice to start changing the whole momentum of the team. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely an option. I mean, there, there's something. They, they've got to do something. You know, something's got to change, basically, to get this team back on track. That It feels like there's a, a bunch of a little things going wrong with this team, and you put them all together, and it's uh, affected the team on a big scale. So, you know, we talk about them, get, you know, they're getting behind early in games. Um, they're behind in the third periods. So they're not able to rally like they used to be. You've got uh, players out. You've got a couple more players now hurt. You've got the lack of discipline with the penalties. And, and yes, some of it has been the refs, I, I think, have screwed us. So we had one guy, uh, it was Reem underscore ER. He, he goes, uh, do you think the shit officiating gets brought up at the next GM meeting? It seems league-wide. And I, I thought that was a very funny comment from him um, because I, we have seen a lot of calls. You know, not, not just on the Ducks. I mean, of course, that's who we watch the most. But yeah, there's been, there's been calls, too, that uh, have not helped this team. So, you know, I think you put all that together... And unfortunately, it's just added up, and, it, and things aren't going the Ducks' way. Um, like we said, a couple bright spots with Vetrano, McTavish, and Carlson. Um, I thought Gibson's played a lot better lately, um, you know, uh, overall. But you know, he, he he needs some more help on the defense. Um, and then just kind of the one last, I guess, fan question on this. And then we'll kind of go through the league news because we kind of have a lot of stuff there. But um, we had the secret Eightsman. On Instagram, asked you know where do we stand this rebuild? Sometimes it feels like we're wasting talent. I, I mean, we're still in the middle of the rebuild, and I think Eddie, you mentioned it earlier in the show, and you mentioned it earlier in the season on some of these podcasts, and and we got a, and some of you gave us some shit for it too, which I thought was funny. But uh, Eddie had talked about the reality of this team, where they're at. Uh, obviously, during the winning streak, everybody was like up on the Ducks. Hey, we're a playoff team. You know, we're gonna do this, this, and that. And, and we're all hyped up. Um, but even uh, Cronin talked about it. He said, hey, yeah, we won those games, but they were close games. And they were games we could have easily lost. It, it wasn't like, oh, my God, we're this dominant team. We're killing these teams. And we're going to be a contender. And you had brought that up, Eddie. And now you look at what's happened in the last couple weeks. Not that we wanted them to go onto a losing streak. Trust me, I, I'm tired of these losing streaks. It sucks. I hate it. 
But reality's kind of set in now. You, you have to look at this team. They aren't a contending team. I, I know it sucks to say that, but that's the reality. And we've we've talked about all the different things that are kind of gone on here and, and, and some of the things that they can do to fix it. I don't think they're necessarily wasting talent as part of the question suggests. I, I think when you're going through a rebuild, there's always going to be uh, negative things that happen. Uh, and you're going to have to build on those and go through it. And and to me, if you can build on that, get through those tough times and get into a competitive team, I don't think you're really wasting talent. I, I think you can get those players where they need to be and go. Now, if the Ducks keep sucking and they and, and they play horrible for the next like five years, then yeah, maybe it's like, hey, we should trade some guys and 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 you know do a big shakeup or or whatever if it, it goes to that. But at this point right now, I don't think they are. Um, and part of it is some of them aren't even in the lineup right now. They're up in the press box of the game, so you're not, you can't waste talent if they're out injured. I mean, they're not even able to go in there and play. So I don't think that's where they're at. As far as the rebuild, we've talked about it. Uh, where this team is at, they're in the middle of it still. I do think, like we talked about in the Legacy Night with Korea and Solani and the other alumni, I do think this team can get back to that team that we saw like in 2014, 15, 16, where they were winning the Pacific Division almost every year, and they had won it several years in a row, and they were in the playoffs every year. I, I think we can get back to that. I just I feel like, Eddie, we're still just you know a couple seasons away. Yeah, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some moving parts. And I always said too, like as critical as I am, I always said I, I hope I'm wrong. I'm hope I'm wrong, and I, I consistently would love to be wrong if, if during that streak the Ducks were having that they were going to be squeaking to the playoffs. I didn't want it because I don't want that mid pick, like Philadelphia is kind of going for. But it's going to take time and patience um, from the fans, time and patience from the players. I know they want to get back to their winning ways. I I, I know they're tired of. Uh, the season being over in April, they want to compete. I know Gibson definitely wants to compete for a Stanley Cup. But just, I, I think the only talent they are wasting, I, I want to say, is I'll go back to Gibson. Like He's probably their best trade candidate, and why not trade him and get assets? It's just, what I'd say two or three years. I, I don't know. That's just my thing of it. Uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I, I talked about that before. But uh, the only thing, the only thing they're wasting too is just like, I still don't get and understand. I don't care how how people want to explain it. The, the whole Leo Carlson thing. I think he needs to be on the ice. He needs to be building that chemistry with his team. He needs to be finding his game, finding his way, finding ways to improve and retool the game that he has. And I I really think and everyone was pissed off about the second overall pick, but I'm happy that they took Leo Carlson over Adam Fantali. I think he's a phenomenal player. He brings that physicality, big, strong kid that, that you want. He's real humble. He's real mature for his age, too. And I think he, he has a lot of growing and learning to do, and he's going to be a great superstar in this league. I think the Ducks hit it out of the park with this pick. And we have to understand these rebuilds don't take time. And I mentioned the Avalanche a lot because I was I, they're my second team I watched. I was over there during their rebuild when I was um, – Station in Colorado. I saw the worst possible season ever. I saw them sprout up uh, during the Patrick Wall phase and then go right back down during the the, the Bednar phase. But look what happened. The only difference is, um, what their thing is, they got a first overall pick and picked McKinnon. And they got lucky uh, drafting Kale McCarr at fourth overall. But it just this is these times where these players have to really just kind of build themselves up and they have to. It's a, it's a process. You don't expect a, a caterpillar to crawl on a tree and just automatically just sprout into a butterfly. It takes some time. 
And I think that's what we're watching with the Ducks. But I think we have something special here. And once that that team really gets that fire, once the right moves are made and everything starts clicking, this team's going to be completely dangerous. And it's going to be fun to start talking about how the, the Ducks are on a 12-game winning streak. Or, oh, oh, my God, the Ducks haven't been beaten in regulation. And, hey, Ducks are undefeated to start the start. It's, it's going to be fun to talk things like that. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, and I and I, I'm with you. I, it's gonna take time, and I and I do think that it's still, you know, this season, however it pans out, it we're st- we're still enjoying it more than we were last year. <laughs> so oh, yeah. So I, I I definitely think that it, it'll it's going still in the right direction. Obviously, the losing streak's not helping, but they'll get out of it and they'll start getting things going. I I'm just hoping that some changes are made. Uh, and I agree with you a thousand percent. Play Leo Carlson more, especially with Zegers out. So. We'll see what happens with the Ducks. You know, like we said, every show we'll cover the games and, and follow through with uh, you know our analysis on what's going on. And you can always check out the the game previews and recaps and whatnot like that, where we break it down on the website. So um, with that, we'll we'll wrap up. Uh, you know, with the league news now. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, Eddie. One more thing, Mike. We forgot to talk about one important thing about the block. Or I'm sorry, the Kings game. Yes. It was Black Friday. What did you buy for Black Friday? I think it's an important conversation we forgot to have on the show. Oh, yeah. We were going to talk. Uh, you're right. We were going to talk about the 30th anniversary jersey uh, that, that came up. Um, so I found out that the Ducks were putting it out for sale. You know, a lot of people thought it wasn't going to be till December or 2024. And the team store uh, put it out. And then also went out on the Internet, too, on, on NHL Shop and fanatics and whatnot that day so i ended up getting what i talked about i got my uh better half the 30th anniversary jersey uh with the goodest uh customization on it so i ended up getting her that and then i did get myself a blank one uh which i don't know if i'll put something on it or if i'll keep it as a blank one but i didn't participate in black friday other than that that was the only thing that i did uh i ended up getting those um jerseys and i oh and i also some people uh, on my post, they they kind of misunderstood the wording. I, I said that the jerseys had gone on sale um, starting that day. And I didn't mean... Some people thought that they were like, there's a discount, <laughs> I guess. So I apologize for that. that. That wasn't what I was talking about. I meant that they were like literally going out like you could buy them now because it was only the pre-orders before. So they, they were for sale that day, I guess. I said on sale, so some people thought that there was some kind of a discount, which there wasn't, and and I was kind of disappointed. The one thing I was disappointed about that game too, Eddie, is the Fridays where I talked about the $5 hot dog, popcorn, and all that stuff, they did not have that on Black Friday against the Kings. That that kind of pissed me off. I, I, I was not happy about that. There was, there was no discounts on the jersey, and there was no discounts on the food and beverage that Friday game, so that, that was a little bit annoying. Yeah, you know, I'm not surprised on that either. It was a big game, uh, and... Yeah, they they would have probably they probably gained so much revenue, off uh, off the off the even the alcohol prices on that Friday. But yeah, it's good. Um, I'm sure she'll like it. So that's a good thing. Hopefully she didn't listen to the show. If not, you're gonna ruin her Christmas present. Christmas present? Or did you just bought it to buy it? Oh no, she already knows. Oh okay, okay, yeah, okay then. Then <laughs> have fun with that jersey. Um, I bought one for myself too, and I think you know what the Ducks should have offered a discount if you're gonna be wearing a, a an advertisement on your jersey. There should have been some sort of discount, but nope. I would never do it, and I would have paid the money to get that removed, but I ended up buying it from Shop NHL slash Fanatics. I ended up buying it from there. Bought a blank one. 
I'm planning to buy another one so I can remove the crest and put my own. And yes, I know when the first jerseys came out, I was so against them. I didn't like them. But watching them on the ice really changed my mind, seeing them just kind of closer up. And I kind of gravitated toward, okay, they're not bad. I do like them. They're not my top favorite ones, but I'll do it. I'll wear it, even though I said I would never wear one. But I did buy mine without the advertisement. That's one thing I would never do. The only patch I'm going to put on it is the 30th anniversary patch, which I did buy. I bought another jersey too. The um, th- remember the reverse retro? There was rumored it was gonna be all orange. Of uh, yeah, of the uh, the wild wing breakaway, whatever it's called, the wild wing jersey. Well, I bought one that's pretty much a great replica of what the orange one is, and I'm gonna. I have like the NHL emblem logo I can add to the front, so it's like okay, I bought that little custom one, so that's gonna be cool to have. So I'm looking forward to getting that. Um. I just bought some small things. I bought things for work. I bought another monitor to help me uh, at work. It's going to be a lot easier using three screens instead of two. But yeah, I just did most of my shopping too on my phone. So I love that. But yeah, that's that's it. So um, next time we go. See, you know what too, Mike? I, I'm thinking, you know my custom jersey, the, the black one I have, the Mighty Ducks logo? I found out what I'm going to put in the back now. And I'm working with a, a company I I've, uh, called, I forgot what's na- what their name is, but they do great custom jerseys and templates they can uh, make and send them to you. I'm getting a future considerations when I'm trying to get that figured out, the logistics and how they can do that. So I'm talking to them about that. But I'm going to get future considerations. And I want to get number 44 because I've been waiting for years for a player that I really want to wear number 44 to buy that jersey because that's my hockey number. But I think I'm just going to slap the 44 on there. Or maybe I was thinking about like a number zero or something, future considerations, zero. I don't know, something funny, but I think it's be cool. I think I think I'm the right person to have a future considerations jersey. And hopefully, I think by the end of this year, I'm going to have that on. So by the time we go to our game on, well, in December, we won't tell you um, what it is. We'll just surprise everybody. But I want to shout out Ruth again and thank her for the tickets. But if you guys know Ruth, you guys got to know where we're sitting. But yeah, I think I'm going to rock a future considerations jersey that day, so... We'll see. Yeah, that that uh, you know, kind of a couple other things that w- brings me to, I guess. But if you want different things like that on your jerseys, uh, kind you know, the Ducks. I think we mentioned it, you can't do it at the team store, but Cool Hockey and Monkey Sports. If you want Frank the Tank, uh, Wild Wing, uh, you want Future Considerations, you want any other like custom things like that, then I highly recommend going to one of those two places, either online or to the stores. Because you can get a jersey and you can customize the name on the back like Eddie's talking about. The the Ducks team store, uh, it's player names and it's very limited. Um, so it is what it is. So something to, to look into. The you know, And since we're on a discussion of jerseys, and, and this kind of goes with our league news anyways. We have the Winter Classic coming up with Vegas and Seattle. And they had their jerseys. And uh, I, I guess, <laughs> like you said, with the 30th anniversary jersey at first, I was kind of like, eh, it kind of grew on me. With, with, with the Ducks and seeing it in person and on, on the players and whatnot. Looking at these Winter Classic jerseys, I I, I don't like them at all. I, I I think the Seattle one's okay. It's it's not horrible. Uh, the Vegas one, I, I just... The Vegas one is horrible to me. Somebody made a comment. They said it looked like the Vegas Knights were giving people the double-barreled middle finger. And I just thought, <laughs> oh my God, I can't get that out of my head now. I, it, so they were just like, it looks like two arms giving middle fingers to people. But I thought that the Vegas Knights... Winter Classic jersey is I, I give it an F minus. I, I think it's just horrible and, and just just completely ugly. Um, Seattle I probably give like a C. 
I think it's okay. The red S in the middle, it's kind of weird with the colors. I, you know, I don't know, but not horrible, but I don't know. That's just kind of what I thought, and, and I figured since we're talking about jerseys, we bring that up. But what did you think about those two jerseys, Eddie? No, Vegas one was, I think I like it more, thinking of the two middle fingers, but no, it was it was fugly. It was terrible. I thought it was a joke. I thought, okay, someone's screwing with us. There's no way that, that Vegas is going to produce something like that. It was bad. The Seattle one, I'll agree. I'll, I'll stay. I'll, I'll agree with your grade, uh, a C. Uh, they're bringing it back to their old roots, so that that was cool. But it's still terrible. I, I'm still kind of skeptical too. Like I don't think any, these teams should be playing in a Winter Classic when there's other teams that haven't at all. So I think um, they should have had a Stadium Series game between these two. It would have been fair. Other teams, well, no, I shouldn't say that because if I, if I say that, then God forbid they're going to give Chicago the Blackhawks another Winter Classic. So, I, I, okay, never mind. I'll just shut up. I'm happy that Vegas and Seattle got the Winter Classic. But, yeah, we're going to see ugly jerseys on the ice. So, it's going to suck. So, hopefully it'll be a, a great game. That's all I hope for. It's, it's always kind of a tradition when I'm hungover to watch the Winter Classic. So, it's going to be kind of fun to see. Yeah, exactly. I, I I told you guys I went to the one last year, Boston and Pittsburgh at Fenway Park, and that was a blast. I'd never gone. That was on my bucket list. I'd never been to Boston. I'd never been to Fenway Park. Never been to Winter Classic. So I got a hat trick of crossing off things off the bucket list last year, and that was awesome. So if you ever have a chance to go to a Winter Classic game, I highly recommend it. If you buy seats, buy seats higher up. Because whichever baseball stadium, or if they play it at a football stadium, wherever, if you're sitting down low, you're not going to see shit. So that's just my advice: buy buy seats up higher because you're not next to the rink. Uh, you know, as far as wherever they put it, it may maybe on a baseball field, it could be close on an infield, but you're still not going to see shit. It's horrible. Buy buy the higher up seats. Buy the seats, you know, that you can see the whole thing. That that's that's my recommendation. That's what we did. We bought them kind of um, on the first base side. Uh, almost at the middle of the ice and that way you could actually see the whole game so that, that's my only uh, recommendation for that so yeah looking forward to that not not the jersey so much as we talked about um uh, you know another uh thing coming up too is the all-star game they're changing that up they're gonna have uh, a player draft in this one eddie and the all-star game is going to be in toronto this year what do you what do you think about that they're actually going to be able to pick the teams that's going to be fun. Uh, fun, entertaining to see. Uh, all the players getting them drunk, hopefully. Uh, being a pick. And I hope they do like what happened last time. But like, I guess the the last player won a car and ended up donating it. And that was, I think it was Phil Kessel that was picked last, if I believe. Um, the, the last um, player thing. But it's more fun. Like, the All-Star game, it's just... I, I, I personally don't like the All-Star weekend. I think it's... That's just my personally, personal level. But I'm going to watch... Especially just, just the players, more personalities, and them being able to pick their um, their teams, and I guess they're they're gonna pair for the celebrities. So I'm kind of figure like like what celebrity is gonna help them. I want to say that Justin Bieber will probably be part of this. He's a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan, especially, and I'm I'm sure one of the captains too is gonna be Austin Matthews. Toronto, it's in Toronto. He's a superstar player. He's Justin Bieber's good friend, and it would be it'd be the best benefit for the league to kind of kind of post or kind of put Austin Matthews with Justin Bieber since they have that tie and he can probably get him to do that show and you're gonna be more people watching because of Justin Bieber. Like all his bleebers Debbie Label are called. You know, I like Justin Bieber too, so I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it too for Justin Bieber. But yeah, I'm looking forward to what celebrities we have um what Keanu Reeves is a, a big hockey fan. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey would be funny. I think he'd be hosting a show. 
Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. I, I they're not going to have him, but I remember him drunk in Vegas. That was the funniest host I've ever seen in my life. He was so blitzed and hammered. Like, oh, that was. I want to go back on YouTube and watch that. It's just funny, but that's going to be fun. Another thing too, they're bringing back the um, the women to play a three on three. Uh, a game that's gonna be fun. The last time they had that, it was so entertaining. Those women were lightning, fa- lightning fast, scoring some great goals. They're playing their hearts out, like they're, they're playing in front of a national audience and a crowd they're not used to. So I, I'm glad that the league brought them back to kind of bring, I guess, bring more fans to watch the women's hockey. And I think it's gonna be a fun one to watch. And that was probably one of my favorite moments so far uh, of one of the All Star games is watching those three on three games uh, with the women playing. Yeah, I think that's going to be fun. I, I, I do look forward to seeing that part. I, I'm with you most of the time. I'm kind of like, eh, all-star break, you know, all-star game. Yeah, whatever. But, yeah, I think that's going to be fun. Uh, having the celebrities will be cool. Uh, if Keanu's there, dude, I love that dude. Uh, Matrix, John Wick. I, dude, I, that if I, if that those movies come on and I'm just hanging out, I, I still just watch them. I, I love it. I love Keanu. Um, so that, that'll be cool too, to see who, what, whichever ones that do, you know, show up that weekend. So I am kind of looking forward to that. So something to, to, for you guys, you know, you got the winter classic coming up and then you've got the, uh, the all-star break too in the near future. So some things to look for down the road. Um, you have, uh, another thing, if you want to look forward to it, I guess, is you have Patrick Kane is back. He is now, uh, a Detroit Red Wing. Uh, somebody in our fantasy league already picked him up. <laughs> uh, Eddie and I were talking about that. Uh, we, we had an interesting week in fantasy hockey, too. Um, I ended up blowing out the uh, the top team, knocked, knocked King Leo out of first place. Uh, I beat him 10-2, to 2, so that was good. And, and Eddie's now on the rise. Eddie's in the top uh, top of the league, too. Uh, he's in a playoff spot. I am still on the outside. But, uh, yeah, you, you have that. So I'm curious to see how that's going to work out. I, I'm curious... You know, uh, you know if he's going to do well, you know, coming back from uh, his injuries and whatnot, and to see how he uh, pans out um, in Detroit, and uh, obviously for you people, if you're playing fantasy hockey and you haven't picked him up, um, you may want to pick up and see how he uh, he does. But uh, what do you think? Uh, Kane is back, Eddie. It's a it's a bold move. It's a it's a another brand new team, which he should be used to leaving Chicago. He had, familiar with the new system. With the Rangers, so Detroit's a, a nice, speedy team. He he reunited back with the Brinkett. They had some chemistry going. Maybe they're trying to bring that fire back. But a, a surgery like that, you're really uh, gambling. Arctic bums um, on our fantasy league. He's the one that picked them up. He's been uh, he's been our fantasy hockey since the beginning. So uh, he picked them up. Uh, bold move. I wish Patrick Kane the best. He's going to go down as a best American hockey player, or maybe one of the top best american hockey players i don't want to disrespect mike madonna but yeah i wish him luck and what people are saying this is his third original six team so there's like a pattern there maybe he'll uh try to go for all six of them but yeah it's it's good and uh, it's cool to see daniel sprong kind of respect the fact that uh, what kane has done and what kind of caliber player he is he gave up his 88 number so patrick kane can have that with the red wings so uh, sprong went down to 17 I probably would ask for some money or something, but I'm sure uh, Patrick Kane will compensate him and give him some sort of a reward for for doing that. Which Daniel Sprong didn't want to. He 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 didn't want. He just did it out of the respect for Patrick Kane and, and just as a good person. So that's a good shout out to him. And it's the Red Wings. I know we had those issues in the past and the playoffs and stuff with the Red Wings, but I I wish him the best of luck. And they have a young, exciting team. They've been fun to watch. So 
you know, good luck on him, and hopefully he continues to play. I, I'd be I'd be happy and fine to see him uh, uh, after this season start signing one year deals with the rest of the original six teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be interesting. He he finishes you know each season with another original six team. Yeah, they're making jokes about that. And yeah, I'm with you. It's good that to see Sprong give him that number and see all that work out. So um, you have that to watch in Detroit. Uh, you know, we talked about the Ducks and uh, obviously how it's been rough. Well, another team that's had it rough has been the Minnesota Wild, who ended up firing their coach and one of their assistants, um, uh, Dean Ev- Ev- Evanson, and then brought in John Hines. So they, they had a seven-game losing streak uh, when they fired him. So it's another team, <laughs> unfortunately, to watch that's that's had some issues. And then uh, we also had some excitement with uh, Florida and Ottawa. Almost, almost two hundred penalty minutes, and and the just uh, just a while. I did not see it, but I saw some highlights, and and like uh, there was a bunch of jokes too in this one in the third period when the refs came out and said everybody gets a game misconduct. I mean, wow, uh, some wild stuff going on there in that that Florida Ottawa game. I don't know if you caught that one, Eddie. I just saw the highlights. Yeah, same here. I was like, what the? Oh, I I actually had a guy on. I think Sam Bennett on my fantasy team, and I saw all the penalty minutes. I was like, well, what the hell? So. I went and checked, and I started watching all the highlights. I'm like, holy crap. You know that ref probably watches Oprah? Like, everyone gets a misconduct. <laughs> I don't know if it was a linesman or the referee during that, that scrum. He, I think he broke the Guinness World Record for the most times blowing a whistle. I, I've never heard anyone blow a whistle that much in my life. There's a song called Blow a Whistle. I think one of the rappers sings it, and he blows a whistle. Like, they were doing that four- or five-minute song. And it's still not more than this referee blowing. Like, dude, they're not going to stop because you blow the whistle. Like, like come on, man. Like, just relax. I remember my grandma. God rest her soul. Rest in peace, grandma. I remember my dogs were fighting. I was, I was a young kid. I want to say I was like six or seven, eight. As far as I can remember, I remember the dogs were fighting. My grandma's yelling and clapping her hands like the dogs are going to stop fighting. Like, grandma, what are you doing? They're, they're not they're not going to stop fighting. So my uncle had to go and intervene. Then. It, just, it is funny. The referee just kept blowing the whistle. I loved seeing it. I loved the, the uh, Matthew Kachuk and Brady Kachuk, the Kachuk brothers, they were just talking crap to each other too. So it's like, man, I wish Ottawa was more uh, kind of poised to be in a playoff t- uh, a team because I would love to see the Panthers and Senators go head-to-head in a seven-game series with the Kachuk brothers. That would be so entertaining. It'd be keep your eyes glued open and watch that. But I think the funniest thing too, Mike, you didn't mention, uh, Grandma Kachuk was there and just had this most sour face on her look. Like <laughs> really, to her grandson's like... Oh, man, that was the funniest thing. But that was an entertaining game. I, I missed games like that. That's what hockey's supposed to be. Uh, and so I, I missed it. It felt that old-time hockey stuff and, you know, that passion on, on the ice from both teams. So it's good to see. And I'm looking forward to seeing these players play each other. You know, and I forgot to mention earlier in the show, too, the Ducks-Kings finally got back to that. They, they were going at it. Uh, there was one point in that game where they went at it. They got broken up. And then all the teams got together and fought again in the corner. It was like, what the heck is going on? It was like, oh, okay, finally the Ducks and Kings are getting back to you know the way they hated each other and they were fighting it out. But uh, then the rest kind of put it into it. I, I don't know for the people that watched it on TV, but there at the game, uh, there was a bunch of people in the penalty box too. Not to the level of this Florida Ottawa thing, but you know it was it was a good one. There was like four four Kings players in the box. There was three Ducks players in the box. But I was kind of surprised the refs had gone over to the benches. They had talked to both benches at length, probably during the TV timeout. 
And after that, it just kind of it stopped. I was kind of surprised, uh, honestly. I thought I thought you know there'd be more of it, but he saw some of that, and and, and like I was like, okay, cool, we're seeing this again. Um, you know that passion and fire that Eddie always talks about, and that, and that they didn't have as much. You know, we have we've seen it against Arizona and the Sharks, but we haven't really seen it the Kings. So I'm curious to see how the Ducks will, uh, you know, play against the Kings down down this uh, rest of the season. A um, couple other just little things to kind of wrap up uh, on the show is uh, you had Dallas Aikens and it is ended up going to Germany, and Nick Ritchie is going to Finland. So Ritchie's going to play hockey over there, and Aikens is is going to be. I believe it's like the it's like a GM or athletic director type title for the team over there, and then he's going to also coach at least the rest of the season uh, for a team over there, and then decide uh, like maybe who will be the coach over there. So you know, I I just wish them the best of luck, Eddie. I know you know we're pretty critical of Aikens on the show, and you know I, I thought still he did a great job developing the Ducks players in San Diego, and then obviously it didn't really translate as well at the NHL level. But I, I wish them both uh, the best of luck. Yeah, uh, Aikens. I, I I wish him nothing but the best. I think he did a fantastic job developing our our team and everything. So I, I can't thank him enough. I wish him nothing but the best. I, I really I know it's going to be a rare and hard up uphill battle, but I think if he really wants to continue coaching, I really hope he um, he can find his way back in, in the NHL, AHL, or something. Or he just he kind of just gets what he wants. He he's a really great guy. He has a great winning attitude, and he can really mold players to be uh, to be better, and I like that about him, so I wish him nothing but the best. As far as Nick, as Nick Ritchie, he's a piece of shit, so I wish him the worst. <laughs> I told you that story. I'll, I'll remind the new fans. Um, I'll just say when uh, when he's a member of the Ducks, one of the Ducks, um, I guess one of their, their street team people slash, I forgot what they call them. Oh, yeah, the elevator. She, yeah, she's getting a, she had a box that she had to carry up, the elevator up or down, I totally forgot. Nick Ritchie specifically told her, hey, this is a player's elevator. They use the stairs. Like a female holding a heavy box. And then Fowler is the one that's like, no, they look, she's carrying a box. Like She can ride the elevator. And ever since hearing that story and a few other ones with Nick Ritchie, I've never been a fan, so screw him. I'm glad that he I, – I, I, I was hoping he'd go to Russia where all players go to die, but I, I don't wish him any best. He can just go to hell. But Aikens, yeah, 110%. I, I wish you and your family all the best, and I'm rooting for you. <laughs> oh boy and and then the last little thing we we kind of touched on this on the last show was thompson couldn't add uh a cancer ribbon um what well, i think it was to his helmet right that was the issue and then uh andre fleury uh wore a native american mask despite the league being against it and i i don't know this this whole thing I had other people ask me about this too, you know, about the Jersey thing. People that aren't even hockey fans too that have asked me like, because they know that like I'm a big Jersey guy. They know like I have the military Jersey. Um, I have a lot of practice jerseys. I have some jerseys I had custom made that, that don't really exist. They're just kind of like practice ones. I, I bought some blank ones and bought the crests and put them together. Um, I have uh, like a military goals one. I have a bunch of different like specialty ones and I'm always trying to get other ones and things like that, but the, I don't know. This thing is just kind of frustrating for me because it's like if you want to honor the Native American culture or something that's fighting cancer, I I, I don't know. This is, this kind of goes into the category of what you talked about, Eddie, with the league's kind of taking a step backwards. I, I don't like how this is just such a big issue. I just think it should be a non-issue. Yeah, and I think it goes, I think a lot to blame is the small-minded fans 
are not even fans. The people that just like to go around bitching about everything in the media. When players refused or they didn't want to wear the pride jerseys for whatever reason they had, the media made sure to blow it up out of proportion and made it seem like they were bigots and made it seem that they were against humanity and, and what people or who people choose to be with or who do people choose to love. I think that's what really kind of kind of made these, these things go away. And it's really unfortunate and stupid because causes like hockey fights cancer is really big. I think, I think the whole entire world is against cancer. If you're that one person that says, oh, cancer is cool, it kills people, then you're a piece of shit. You can go fuck yourself. But <laughs> it's just... Things like that are the reason why we can't have fun. Like a small, like in, in the military, a small amount of people ruin it for everybody else. It's so dumb. They can't, they can't uh, have the players honor uh, for Veterans Day. It, I mean, their, their military jerseys. Every country has a military, that, and every every player wearing that jersey is honoring the country that they represent. It's just one of those things that you have pride in, especially. And, and I, I get it. Okay, people have an argument about about that. Okay, well. There's no argument about hockey fights cancer. If you want to wear a cancer thing on your mask to honor someone that that we all have lost someone from cancer, had someone affected from cancer, like so be it. Mark Andre Fleury, I'm glad he just gave him the middle finger. His wife's like I want to say part Native American, or he's honoring his wife for that helmet. And they they told him no, and he just wore it anyways. That's cool. I mean, he has enough money, he has enough status in the league where it's like he doesn't care about a fine, and it just doesn't really matter to him. But I think this is this whole thing's ridiculous. And I, I blame the stupid media members that just have nothing better to do, but uh, they get tired of asking the same questions and asking the dumb questions they do, and they had to make something out of or blow something out of proportion that it wasn't. If you don't want to wear a certain a jersey, you shouldn't have to wear it. That goes not just for the pride jerseys. If you don't want to wear a military or hockey or military jersey or whatever specialty jersey they have, it should be a player's choice. It shouldn't have to be dictated on what the league says. But this is a step backwards. Hockey's not for everyone. And like I said, the league has been the league has been declining the last few seasons with viewership of not being able to watch the games, things like this. They just they're they're doing things in the wrong direction. And top it off, they want to make all these rules. There's no uh, secondary fines. There's no uh, secondary discipline. Nothing happened. He wore the mask, and and the league just kind of dropped down on their knees and didn't do anything and put their tail between their legs. So I think the league's a joke. We need some we need some changes league-wide to really make this game grow. And I'm glad that uh, he stuck to his guns and did it. And I'm not sure if Logan Thompson did it, but that was just despicable and disgusting that you can't honor someone. And he probably lost someone to cancer. He wanted to honor uh, all his hard work and play to that person he lost, and he couldn't do that. So I think the league is just going in the wrong direction, and I really hope they really figure this out or – it's time to change management at the highest level because uh, Bettman's not working anymore. He's just delusional and he's just—it's crazy. But I'm sure we're gonna get a, a Bettman, a Bettman, whatever a replacement when that that new movie comes out, Mike. If you want to touch on that to end the show on a really, really positive note. Oh yeah, you know that's right. I forgot about that. We—I meant to talk about this on the last show, but. Tamu Solani uh, is in a movie <laughs> with Brett Hull. I, I like holy crap, dude! I I, I was cracking up. I saw that uh, preview that he posted for it, and I was like, "What? What the heck?" So I mean, that that is something to look forward to for sure. Is uh, Solani? I don't know if it's going to be in the theater or if it's like an online thing. I'm, I'm not really sure what what the deal is with it, but it looked it looked funny. Um, so yeah, I definitely want to check that out and, and then just, yeah, I, I, you went on your thing. I don't really have much, much more to add to it, but I I'm, I'm with you. Like, 
you know, they wear these jerseys and these things. A lot of it is uh, during uh, warmups. So just give them the option. So that's all I'll say on that. But yeah, something to look forward to is the uh, Minor Leaguer is that movie that's coming out with Solani. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Also, uh, I finally got the shirts. Uh, I redid them, the um, Never Say Die shirts for the third period, even though it's not been working lately. But those of you that ordered, I'm sorry. took a while to get them remade. I've sold all those out pretty quick, the ones that I did have left. So I got another batch in. I'll be sending them out to you. Also, if anybody uh, is buying anything uh, in this next week or so, I'll extend the like Black Friday cyber sale. But anything you buy at our, our website, um, th- there will be a rally towel or a foul towel uh, included in your purchase. So look for that. That's on tpnhockey.com. Um I think that's that's really it. I don't I don't think I have anything else to wrap up, Eddie. I don't, other than you know, I hope everybody had a, a good Thanksgiving, and uh, uh, that's really about it. Uh, did you have any final thoughts uh, or words I, uh, to part with? I, I know you did drop the f bomb in there, so we we almost made it without the f bomb. But <laughs> anyway. I was good. I, I was talking before. I, I said I said I mentioned it as f. So right. But um, any last no, thoughts? I mean, yeah. other than that, we have what. We have what one more full day of November, and then we have the last month of 2023. I know for myself, it's been extremely hard. So, I'm looking forward to just just winding down this year with the with the positive uh, keep a positive outlook, my head up, and just kind of honoring my dad each and every day. So, I hope uh, you guys do the same. Um, keep that positivity, keep the energy driving. Uh, I know holidays get really emotional and tense for some people, but I just send you all my best and. Let's end this uh, this last uh, this last upcoming year, uh, this last month of the upcoming year with a positive note and a bang. And let's just have some fun, see each other at games, and nice some beers. You guys don't drink beers. We'll cheer some soda. I like cherry coke. And let's let's, let's just have a, a rest of a, a good November and a really great December, and go from there. Absolutely, and uh, that's it. Yeah, and also don't forget Noble Ale Works. Uh, if you if you get out there for the games, mention Ducks and Pucks, you get a fifteen percent discount. Um, they're having little watch parties and things there for the home and away game. So check that out as well. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. We'll wrap up the show. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll be back sometime in December, obviously. And, uh, let's go ducks.